Welcome to the Gonzo Chronicles. I'm your host, Cyrus Alderwood, the official spokesman for Generation X. Stick around. It's going to get weird, as always. Hey everyone, it's that freaking time of year again. We are one month away from fall and a little bit closer to Halloween. And I'm loving it. Now, on this particular episode, I'm just going to go back in time a little bit. Instead of talking about another horror film that was actually based on real events. By the way, I hope you enjoyed the last episode. The town that dreaded sundown. Crazy things happen in Texarkana. Actually, crazy things just happen in Arkansas. However, uh, we're going to jump back in time. Yeah, we're going to have a good time with this. Actually, before I get into this, I'm going to talk about a a movie. It's 37 years old. Anniversary is today, August 23rd from 1985. But, pet peeve of the day. Don't you hate it when you go to the grocery and if you pay with cash, which I should not do, it's just use my debit card. But if you pay with cash... I hate the way they hand change back. Pisses me off to no end. It's the most annoying thing. First, they hand you um, a uh, your change. All right, so you get like, or, or maybe it's not in that order. They hand you your receipt, folded up, but it's still like as long as a CVS receipt. I mean, you could you could hang it in the window for a blind. They hand you this awkward thing with change on top change, loose change, and then the dollar bills, right? The, the dollars, the paper money. And it is the most awkward. It's like, how in the F are you supposed to put that in your wallet? You got a line of people behind you waiting on you, and you got this awkward bunch of shit in your hand. It's like, dude, hand me the change, then hand me the one, hand me the bills, and then I'll put that in my wallet, and then you can give me the receipt. Don't hand all that shit at one time. When you have to fumble around trying to shove that in your wallet. And then you can't close your wallet because you're in a hurry to get out of the way for everyone else. You can't close your wallet because the effing change is in there, like in the fold. And you're like, son of a bitch. Like every single time. I hate the way they hand change out. Uh, Hand and change back just sucks. Anyway, pet peeve of the day. Hey, feel lucky. It wasn't about Walmart this time. All right. So. We're going back to the 80s on this episode. There's a classic film. I cannot believe it's been 37 years since the release date of the John Cusack classic movie, Better Off Dead. 37 freaking years, people. Okay, so this was released on August 23rd, 1985. 
no wonder it's 80s kids and Gen Xers are feeling a little long in the tooth these days. Every time you hear about one of your favorite movies, it was damn near 40 years ago. Nah, okay. Not only has our generation already seen most of our kids graduate high school, but we've sort of turned into our parents, but like not really. Because like our parents, we certainly feel the generational divide with younger people. But, and I'm totally okay with that because you look at some of these weirdos, I'm totally okay with that. But I'm going to say this definitively. I feel bad for younger kids, these younger generations. Gen X had better movies. We had better music. We had a whole lot more freaking fun in high school. And we still know how to rock. We're just, we're just cooler than this cancel culture bunch of weirdo wussies that we've, the last two generations we've raised. No question about it. Case in point, better off dead. Now, Siskel and Ebert, they pissed all over this movie. But what do they know, right? I mean, what the hell do they know? Hey, rudely interrupted. Hold on. All right. Where were we? Um, all right. So, oh, yeah, yeah, okay. So let's get into uh, Better Off Dead. You guys remember Cisco and Ebert. They, these were the two nerdy little bastards that uh, were the, uh, they they recorded or they uh, reviewed movies every Saturday morning. So if you were a Gen Xer, you're in the 80s, you're an 80s kid, you get up Saturdays or Sundays, whenever this was on, and you would watch these two guys who watched movies during the week and they would review them. And I swear, every every 80s teen movie they hated. Um. So, but you know what? Better off dead, even though they pissed all over it, became a cult classic. So, um, they, but you know, the teen movies of the 80s that they hated, which included horror, whatever they hated, I made sure I was in line to see the next weekend. And I tell you what, guys, that strategy paid off. Like many other 80s classics. This one came with a siller, uh, siller, a killer soundtrack, and it featured this song called The Wildest Dream by a couple of folks from The Fix. You guys remember The Fix from the 80s? The movie actually starred John Cusack and Diane Franklin. Now, Diane Franklin, she was in a couple of other movies. One was Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. She was one of the dames they picked up on their trip to France back in history. So anyway, the movie pulled in a few bucks, uh, but was it was released toward the end of summer. And I think by then, uh, usually by the end of summer, the usual audience already had a healthy dose of teen comedies for the moment. and Everybody's going back to school, so yeah, it kind of slowed down the box office receipts a little bit. However, the movie was a lot of fun, and like I said, now it's a cult classic. So let's recap this movie, why this movie is so fun. You have you have this high school kid. His name's Lane. That's who John Cusack plays. He becomes a depressed and suicidal kid when his hot girlfriend breaks up with him right before Christmas. The only things Lane loves in life is skiing and his sexy ex-girlfriend, Beth. Turns out she dumped him for the captain of the ski team, who just happens to be a real jerk-off. 
Beth becomes a bit of an ass toward Lane, um, and she's criticizing the poor guy while he's down his luck. You might as well kick a guy while he's down, right? Um, she even takes shots at his car. He has this vintage Camaro that's sort of rotting away in the garage. And she even takes shots at that because he's trying to fix it up. It could be great, but he's just, you know, it's just not that great at fixing these things up. As nice as it could be, that car just sits there because he can't get it running and he sucks at doing repairs. Long story short, <coughs> he makes a few half-assed attempts to kill himself, which, by the way, is hilarious. Now, suicide is not hilarious. This is a dark comedy, folks. Keep in mind, it's a movie. Um, see, this brittle generation couldn't handle some of this shit. But in his feeble attempts to win back his girlfriend, he makes friends with the sexy foreign exchange student, which is played by Diane Franklin, that is staying with one of his annoying neighbors. Monique, her name, secretly has a crush on him. Now, here's a crazy coincidence. This hot girl next door turns out to be one hell of a mechanic and helps Lane fix up his broken-down Camaro. She even helps him win a skiing contest against that jerk-off that took his girlfriend. Because she is an excellent skier. When he wins the race, Beth comes running back. And like she's running right into his arms, right? But Lane realizes at this point, after all this turmoil and teen angst and rejection and thoughts of suicide and all this, that he's already won what was really, really important to him long before the race. So he brushes Beth aside as she comes up to him and goes to Monique. And we have a classic 80s happy ending, right? Cool movie. What's the lesson of this 80s movie? This is something kids today don't have because a lot of teen movies are not really teen comedies. They're dramas, they're horror, you know, something that's really heavy, right? So I don't think a lot of kids today have movies like this. Like we had, we had tons of them. But, you know, kids today don't want to go back and watch a movie 35 years old, 37 years old to learn a lesson and like enjoy because they want something made in their time. I totally get that. But I feel bad for this generation because they don't have things like this. So what's the lesson of this classic 80s movie? Never give up because the best is yet to come. No matter how bleak things seem, seems like the last couple of generations could have, could have really used a few movies like this to help see the world in a better light. You know, high school sucks, but that's okay. The point is just to get through it. You know, there's there's light past the end of the tunnel. Um, instead of focusing on the bad stuff, open your eyes and see the good. That's what it sort of teaches. That's what the lesson of this movie is, you know. I don't know if they intended on making lessons like this. But these are just things we took for granted. The past does not equal the future. Like I said, high school might suck, but the whole point is getting through it. And who said we Gen Xers don't have all the answers? Anyway, congratulations, Better Off Dead, on your 37th anniversary. You're still an 80s memorable gem, and that is awesome. So, um, like I mentioned before, I've been writing a lot of 80s things. <clears throat> and I'm going to be out of town for a week, but when I get back, I'm going to be cranking up some more content uh, in my Substack. So, online, go and subscribe. It's free. 
cyrusalderwood.substack.com. You'll find my newsletter there, the doppelganger, the general page, Cyrus's Gonzo Zone, and you'll see a lot of free content on there. Some of it is for paid subscribers. Um, if you want to subscribe, I'd love to have you subscribe. Please subscribe. Uh, you know, even if it's free, even if you don't do the free one, the uh, monthly one is only five dollars a month. So um, support my bad habit of writing all kinds of stuff about the '80s, <laughs> and uh, I'll be cranking out a lot more content. Now, speaking of '80s, man, you know what one of my favorite years for music was? Uh, it was 1986. <clears throat> so, do you know what this week on Billboard 1986? The number one song in the country was the song by Peter Cetera called Glory of Love. And if you've seen um, Karate Kid 2, that's on the soundtrack. Madonna comes in at number two this week in 1986 with Papa Don't Preach. Belinda Carlisle, who broke off from the Go-Go's, comes in at number three with Mad About You. Peter Gabriel comes in at number four. Hands down, one of the top four or five coolest videos of the entire decade, Sledgehammer, number four. Jermaine Stewart, we don't have to take our clothes off to have a good time. Now, who said so? Uh, Love Touch, Rod Stewart, comes in at number six. That was from the movie Legal Eagles. Yeah, Legal Eagles. That was on the soundtrack. I don't, even, I don't know if the movie had a soundtrack, but it was from the movie. Uh, speaking of soundtracks, coming in at number seven, Kenny Loggins' Danger Zone. Hey, we just had our, a booster shot of Top Gun. So uh, there you go, 1986, Danger Zone. Steve Winwood comes in at number eight this week in 1986 with Higher Love. Banana Rama comes in with Venus at number nine. And Timex Social Club, number 10, Rumors. I'm going to throw this one out here just, uh, just for good measure. Number 11 on Billboard Top 100 this week in 1986, Genesis, Invisible Touch. Now, you know, that was just this week. On the year, I go back and take a look at the top 10 on the year. It's a little different. Dion uh, Warwick and Friends. So Dion and Friends came in at number one in 1986, believe it or not. Top song of the year. That's what Friends are for. That's a really cool song. Had Dion Warwick, uh, Gladys Knight, Elton John, and Stevie Wonder. And you know, speaking of those old cats from, this, from the 70s and 60s, Lionel Richie comes in at number two on Billboard Top 100 for the year in 1986. Say You, Say Me. Great song. Climax came in at number three with I Miss You. Patti LaBelle came in with On My Own at number four. One of my favorite songs of the entire decade, Mr. Mister, came in at number five on the Billboard Top 100 for 1986 with Broken Wings. Whitney Houston, got to have a Whitney song in there in the top ten. How Will I Know at number six. Eddie Murphy, believe it or not, Eddie Murphy. He's not just raw, ladies and gentlemen. He's not just delirious. He come in at number seven with Party All the Time. From Rocky IV, Burning Heart by Survivor comes in at number eight. This was a good year for Mr. Mister, one of my other favorite songs of the decade. Kyrie came in at number nine. And Robert Palmer, Addicted to Love. 
Now, you know, Whitney Houston, good measure at number 11, you know, just to mention for good measure, the greatest love of all. That was actually one of the one of her best songs, in my opinion. Uh, that came in at number 11 for 1986 overall. So, <clears throat> cool song. There's a lot of great songs that came out. So, um, yeah, I'm going to be writing about all kinds of 80s stuff. So make sure you go to that Substack. And uh, I also have uh, an 80s page on Facebook that I do. For those of you who don't know, it's called The Ultimate 80s. And uh, I put all kinds of videos up there. I share all kinds of 80s videos. One of my favorites uh, actually is here from 1986 too. Pet Shop Boys, West End Girls. Cool stuff. All right, ladies and gents, thank you again for tuning in and listening to the Gonzo Chronicles podcast. I'll be back in a week or so. I've got a fantasy football draft. I've got to go to Frankfurt and work out of my office for a couple days. I'm working on a new book. It's a good time. It's a good time. So, uh, wish me luck in my fantasy football draft. I can't come in last place. Last time I came in last place, I got stuck with a horrible, horrible, embarrassing team name. That's the rule in the league. You come in last place, whoever wins the league names your team for the next year. We've had people with some terrible names. Jim's uncle and the family secret. Throat yogurt. Yeah, we've had some bad names. Lesbian spank inferno. Yeah. All right. Enough of that. Enough of that. Fantasy football time. It is fun. Maybe if I have my laptop with me, I get a couple of these cats to sit around and talk about some draft strategy. We'll talk a little bit about it. So we maybe have a fantasy football podcast out there before the season opens. I'm actually really with the Florida college football a little bit more than pro, but that's just me. Thanks again, everybody for tuning in. Have a kick-ass week. I'll be back soon. I'll see you on down the road.